Welcome to episode number 192, Inner Desire. What do I truly want? I have often asked myself this particular question. As I grapple with mental and emotional illness, this is the question that gives me the most hope for celestial life. Now, it is the most important question in the gospel from a personal perspective. Who am I truly? What are my true intentions? What are my core desires? If I were to strip away all of the world and genetic abnormalities, what would I truly desire? When you boil the gospel down to its very core elements and distill the commandments, laws, and ordinances down to their basic materials, when you perceive the atonement of Christ and all it has to offer, the reality of it all centers on our core emotions, or what the scriptures call our heart making our hearts single to the glory of God, or identical to Christ, is really what we are working to accomplish in our lives. When our core emotions, the driving force in our lives, is as pure as the Savior, then we have arrived at perfection. We are by nature beings that tend to listen to our deep motivating voice. While the scriptures refer to it as our heart, the world names it our conscience, our inner voice, our inner desire, identity, and inner peace. Whatever you name it, those deep desires drive all of our action. They are the reason for us living. They give us hope, motivation, faith, desire, confidence, peace, and meaning in our lives. Those inner desires also cause us to mourn, feel sin, unhappiness, and other ne negative motivations. We are not specifically told in the scriptures what the origin of our spiritual heart is, where it resides, or how we come to have one. We are told that the Spirit of the Lord and the light of Christ work within our heart and can cause a change of heart. We are told that we have the ability to close our heart to spiritual things or to open it. We call this hard-heartedness or stiff-neckedness, or in the case of an open heart, humility. We can feel a broken heart a longing heart, a joyful heart, and a peaceful one. The one thing we do learn and know about the heart is that the residence of our core emotions, it is the residence of our core emotions, our innermost desires. When we remove all the social normality, the cultural rules, and hidden agendas, we come to a core sense of who we have become as a person. What we truly desire is who we are. Because in the end, our core desires will be what we pursue as a person. Those emotions tend to initiate our thoughts and the mind and the heart together take action. While the scriptures do not specifically state it, with some inference, we can assume that these inner core desires emanate from our previous life experiences before this mortal earth. We know that we were taught lessons specifically for mortality and to fulfill our mission and purpose. Yet we have no physical memory of them. Anyway, at least in a physical memory type sense that we would have in mortality. These lessons must have been included in our core spiritual experiences and come to us through our heart or our emotional memory. It is through our heart we come to understand truth as the truth we learned before this life is woven into those emotional memories. We recognize it through the light of Christ before baptism and the conference of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord after we have taken upon us the covenant. 
This is how we recognize and feel truth in our soul. What is interesting about our core emotional center is that it is not isolated from our mortal body. Our mortal body, having been fused temporarily with our spirit, appears to have some influence on our core premortal motivations. We don't have a separate set of emotions for our mortal body and our spiritual body. Emotions and core motivations appear to use the same set of wiring or nervous system. So we feel emotions both in our spirit and our mortal body at the same time. The body has also been given some core motivations as part of this mortal experience. Psychology has known these core motivations for some time. They are food, shelter, our drive to reproduce, and our sense of security. These mortal motivations are actually very powerful and under some conditions can entirely dominate the mortal brain and our premortal emotional core. We can refer to these mortal motivations as part of the natural man in that they tend to be selfish in nature unless we tame their amplitude in our mind. However, we should not be fooled into thinking that the natural man is only contained within the mortal body and that by removing ourselves from mortality, we shed the natural man. Within our spiritual core experiences, we can also possess some selfish motivations and harbor sub-celestial natures. I have spoken about this in a previous podcast, but it is incredibly important to understand that our spirits can exhibit very strong natural man tendencies without our mortal body. Lucifer is a prime example of this, in that he has never had a mortal body, but is the spiritual equivalent of the natural man or everything counter to Christ-like behavior. So in a sense, we did not come to mortality perfect in heart. Our inner core emotions that drive our actions were not all pure and unselfishly motivated. We came with a variety of spiritual issues that needed attention here on earth. That might seem like a strange place to work through them, but mortality gives us a unique ability to alter spiritual difficulties if the individual allows it to to occur through humility. If we look at the scriptures, it appears that changing or altering our core emotional drive is not an easy task. Alma refers to it as a change of heart, meaning that in some degree our core emotional drive is adjusted or purified through the atonement and the Spirit of the Lord. From his description of the process, it takes a willingness on our part or repentance and some action, and some spiritual purification by the Spirit for the core to change, those core emotions. Once the core emotion has been changed or altered, it requires that we continue to develop it over time. We simply have the, we cannot simply have the change occur and then go along our merry way. The Spirit can make the change, but for the change to stick, we must do our part to maintain it. Mortality gives us a unique opportunity to alter our core inner spiritual emotions through the purification process of the Spirit of the Lord. However, purification is not the only process we can undertake. We can also alter our inner core through pursuing various worldly pursuits. So we can choose to celestialize or purify our core emotions or telestialize them and darken them. This appears to be especially true during our mortal experience. For some reason, our core pre-mortal emotions during this mortal life have a greater capacity to change while in the mortal body. When we move to the spirit world, 
making the necessary changes becomes increasingly difficult. So why concern ourselves with these deep core emotions in the sense of mental illness? Because our mortal and spiritual emotions are not independent from one another. When the mortal body's chemistry becomes misaligned, it overwhelms our core identity and emotional drive. We can, in some sense, lose access to our core emotions. Now, it's not that they've become altered or removed. It is more as if the mortal body is overwhelming that spiritual core. To have them altered by mental illness feels something similar to a foreign invader in our body and mind, and that has taken hold of our very being. When these premortal motivating forces diminish, and we feel little to no desire or purpose, life can appear meaningless, and we can feel lost, because we are unable to access those emotions that have truly made up our identity. Now, our mind is built around satisfying those deep desires. Emotion is the driving force in our body and mind. When that emotion dissipates or becomes inaccessible, we lose our direction in life. Feeling lost or hopeless, hopelessly lost is something that perhaps every person feels at least once in their life. When we become lost in purpose, our mind will search frantically to find its purpose. This typically means matching our new emotional drive to a particular set of actions that reinforce that drive. When we become lost in purpose under normal emotional conditions, it is often because our mortal emotions have shifted and we feel misaligned. This is the case for many individuals dealing with all types of identity issues and concerns. Mortal emotions shift for many reasons in our body. The chemistry of our body naturally alters during our teenage years and even into our young adult years. The same can be true for middle age years where the term midlife crisis arises. And it can even occur in our older years when life changes causes us to consider the short nature of mortality. Mortal emotional shifts are part of life and evidence is everywhere that they occur regularly. And we see when this, these chemistry shifts occur, altering our emotional state, we tend to seek out a new identity or purpose that aligns with these altered desires. However, when discussing mental and emotional illness, the emotional shift that occurs is very different in its nature and often far more dramatic and life-altering. Depression causes an emotional shift towards no emotion or purpose and no motivation. Anxiety can cause an emotional shift to a heightened sense of fight or flight mode, meaning we lose identity because our mind's ability to manage the fight or flight mode response has become altered. Mania causes the emotions to shift to a multitude of purposes. In the mania state, we often live with multiple purposes and a range of emotional desires, motivating us in all types of directions at one time. Now, the key to each of the mental illness emotional shifts is that they feel and are like an invading force that overtakes the body without permission. Along with the jarring emotional shift, the mind and body can really feel a loss of control. And the mind struggles deeply with the emotional shifts, but worse to the mind is that it possesses little to no control. Now, while we naturally understand that many things in this life are not within our personal control, our brain needs to feel as though it does have control. It needs to feel that it has the ability to control our destiny, purpose, and the outcome of our lives. And we need to feel a consistent identity or central motivating force. 
When the mind feels that it may be losing control of its access to core emotions, it tends to cause the symptoms we see in mental illness. It searches for some type of explanation to come back into alignment. It will reach out to any type of philosophy, tradition, idea, or theory that can help it explain what is occurring. When shifts of emotions, of core emotions, occur in the body, whether by mortal changes or mental illness or a traumatic experience, the body, both mortal and spiritual, can struggle to find inner peace. Peace, in a sense, is the alignment of our core desires and actions to the core emotions we possess or our true nature. When we feel unaligned, our mind and body go into a state of confusion, discontent, and disillusionment. We feel lost and can feel as though we have lost our identity or who we are internally. Now, often this will occur for three reasons. One, our core mortal, mortal emotions do not match with our spiritual core emotions. Now, this is the case for the sense of mental illness, where the body basically hijacks the emotional system and we become misaligned between our body, our mortal, and our spiritual emotions. We can also feel lost when through various types of worldly pressures, we deviate from our core spiritual experiences, meaning that the worldly concerns and philosophies take precedence over our spiritual core, or we are simply pursuing our mortal emotions. We have great knowledge and truth stored in our spiritual core, and when we undertake to undermine its ability to direct our lives, we can become lost and confused. The third method we can become misaligned is by overriding the Spirit of the Lord. Once we have partaken of the covenant, the Spirit of the Lord becomes our companion. When we undertake to do anything outside of the covenant, the Spirit causes us to feel misaligned. Perhaps better said, the Spirit is motivating us to do that which is right and good, and our own emotional state may desire something different because of worldly pressures. When we feel misaligned and confused, most often it will fall into one of these three categories. Now, while all three methods of misalignment are important, we are really going to focus on the side of mental illness. Mental illness is really a disease that alters our emotions through the chemistry of the mortal body, and in so doing can override or block access to our core emotions, which provide purpose and motivation. Remember that our emotional systems spiritually and mortally use the same nervous system. So if the mortal system deviates from the normal chemistry and alters our emotional state, its power can override the spiritual guidance system and core emotions. This is where we get the various forms of mental illness and the symptoms that go with them. The body can do this in various ways, and so we have depression, anxiety, PTSD, multiple personality disorder, bipolar, and several other types of mental illnesses. What we need to understand, first of all, is that our core emotions have not been removed. So just this last week, I had COVID again, and it put me into a terrible depression where I could not feel those core emotions. After some rest, and with a priesthood blessing, that depression eased, and I could feel the return to my natural spiritual core emotions. So when we have a mental illness, we have not changed at our core. Those experiences and emotions will always be with us. What we have is a very loud emotional chemistry problem that simply overwhelms those signals coming from our core. Those signals are still, those core signals are, are still there, no matter what what, but again, you might not be able to hear or feel them. Now, just because mental illness emotional signals are false chemistry, 
it doesn't make them any less real to us. They are real to anyone who has them. What we feel in the moment is who we are, even if that moment is a moral chemistry problem masquerading as our true feelings. Now, why is this idea of these core emotional experiences such a hopeful moment for me? When I experienced bipolar and deep depressions throughout my early life and into my 30s, I would cycle through three different, let's call them personalities in a sense. There was the depressed me who didn't want to talk, socialize, or do really anything but sleep. There was the mania personality, which I will have to admit was almost entirely opposite to the depressed side, and there was somewhat of a normal side to me. The first two persons tended to be selfish and focused inward. But the normal person was a much better individual, one who cared deeply about his family and others. I realized that I was a far better person than my illness often allowed me to believe. This is not to say I was perfect or didn't have my moments, but I could feel a significant difference when I was whole, normal, and had access to those core premortal emotions. My true identity was not my illness, and my true identity was not removed or significantly altered. It was always there when I had access to it. I have often pondered, as I'm sure many of you have, if I ever had a chance to obtain celestial life. I admit that during my episodes, my answer has never been yes. I have never felt as though I would ever obtain celestial life. I have never felt as Alma says, or he puts it, in to sing the song of redeeming love. My episodes have always clouded my ability to see myself as possibly celestial. Yet when I have access to my core premoral emotions and my true desires, I can, with the help of the Spirit, see myself in celestial life. I can feel as though I truly desire to be there. We can worry a great deal about our lives and our actions during our episodes and perhaps our selfish nature. We can feel as though the Lord is not in our lives and we don't have access to that power to lift us heavenward. However, when we come to the bar of judgment, what will matter are those core emotions, what we truly desired in our hearts. I believe that the Lord will give great mercy to those who have had experiences where they could not access their true core premortal emotions because of mortal genetic failings. We are not our illness, but we are what we truly desire. Yes, we need to work on those core emotions to purify them and to make them as the Savior, but we should not concern ourselves about the moments in our illness when the mortal body has deep control of our motivational core. We do our best and we leave the rest to the Lord. He knows of our suffering and our spiritual disability and will provide compensating power to help us overcome. And at last, find peace in his kingdom. May you find your core emotions and may you find peace that one day all your sufferings will be for your benefit. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.